Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. On this edition of Fantasy Sports Today, there's trouble in Denver with their star player. We've got a Hall of Fame baseball discussion to have. And the latest as we get you closer to the Super Bowl. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh, Pass is caught. And good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for listening to the show, whether you're doing it on the Fantasy Sports Network app or on TuneIn or on SportsGrid or wherever you are listening to the show. Thank you for participating. Joe, Craig, Sean Glastamaki are the producers of this show. And uh, we got a lot of football, of course, to talk about. And there'll be news and notes as we get closer to the Super Bowl. But we're in that purgatory stage where we're waiting and waiting and waiting for the Super Bowl. And baseball is kind of acting like the NBA this year to a degree. There's a lot of drama going on off the field. And lo and behold, last night we had another one of those where uh, Nolan Arenado, one of the best players in both reality and fantasy over the last decade, seven straight gold gloves, uh, texts reporters yesterday. It's a strange story how this actually happened. Texts reporters that he is unhappy with the way that the general manager of the team has done some business by him. Now, ESPN is is reported this morning that some of it has to do with the fact that the Rockies haven't added pieces in the offseason. Maybe they potentially said some things to Arenado. Um, I'm not really sure. But this is a very, very dicey situation, Joe, because here is someone that's been given life-changing money, over $200 million. And there is a, a definite debate to be had to whether or not, regardless of what is said, that Arenado deserves to have players around him or just basically has to take his contract and and play it out it's a it's a good one here joe and uh good afternoon that's where we're going to start today yeah good afternoon to you craig mish um you know i, I kind of like when guys say money's not enough i want to win i like that I, I mean money's enough for me i like to win everybody knows that but but money is good money's really nice i'm sure you'd agree with that statement right craig you like I money agree. Mm-hmm. you're a fan of the money everyone's a fan of the money but uh, you know, part of the deal is actually, hey, not only are we going to pay you, but we're going to put a team around you. And you go from two years ago being a team in the 90-win total to being a team in the 70-win total, and you look around and there's no improvements around you. After that drop-off, precipitous drop-off at that, I can understand the frustration of Nolan Arenado. And it's also not fun, I'm sure, to hear about getting traded all the time. Like you're, you're sitting here for not days, but weeks now, and hearing a lot of these trade rumors and whatnot going on. And at the same time, you see a lot of other free agents sign in other spots. You see a lot of other deals being made. And you see your team sitting there and doing, well, nothing. Because can you think of one offseason move of real substantial impact that the Rockies have made, Craig? Because I can't right now. No, they really haven't done a lot. So here you go. They haven't done a lot. They are 20 games behind where they were the year before or thereabouts. And you got to start thinking to yourself, okay, well, what am I doing here? You know, I I like making this money. I want to be the face of the franchise. But if part of their commitment to me was a commitment to winning, I'm not seeing that. And, you know, I know he's got an out in two years in that deal, and that's kind of where this all gets tricky. 
So if you're now an Arenado, you got two choices. You can now put your thumb on the scale and try to push everybody to make a deal and get you out of there. And maybe you are in a great spot. And for two years, you can go somewhere else, play great, maybe win a World Series or make some playoffs. And that's a great experience. And then opt out. Or you can bite the bullet for the next two years and opt out. Or you could just sit there and take it. And I think that third option of sitting there and take it is not an option. So I say good for him. I say that's what leaders do. And you also have to understand if they're committing a huge amount of money to you and they only have X number to spend in that market, this is part of the problem with Major League Baseball is that it's although the luxury tax exists and it creates almost a salary cap, it's not quite a salary cap structure. And this is why you have these kind of situations where players become unhappy and organizations are unable to field the team around them. So if I'm the one Arenado, I'm looking around and Colorado is the fourth best team in that division. And that's very disappointing. And there's a lot of teams that could use Nolan Arenado right now. I mean, we know the Nationals could use him. We know the Braves could use him. We know the Cardinals could use him. There's a lot of teams out there that would love Nolan Arenado. And I used to think this was probably a very low chance, maybe even like a 10% chance. Now I'm bumping that way up. I'm in the 40s now. Do I think Nolan Arenado might get dealt? Has this changed your opinion of that scenario? Yeah, it's it's now he's he's kind of created a scenario where it seems like it may have to happen. And and I guess, you know, I, I, it's been compared and I know Jeff Passan compared this to Stanton, but I think that these were two completely different things. Honestly, I, I don't compare the two. Stanton was coming off an MVP season uh, in a season where the team ownership was sold and they had made it very clear that they wanted to trade the player. And at the point they wanted to trade the player because Stanton had the no trade clause similar to Arenado, he basically chose to go wherever he wanted to go. I, I have to believe something else happened behind the scenes here where either they were far down the road with the team and didn't let anybody know, or they had told uh, you know, Arenado they were going to trade him or something, because this all just doesn't really uh, add up to me. I get Arenado's point, which is he wants to play on a competitive team, and maybe when he signed that contract, he was told that they would, they would add. I mean, that, that's certainly in the realm of possibility here. But at the point where the team agrees to give you an opt-out, after 2021, that's kind of your deal. Like that, that in that in terms of what an agent does. I mean, Joe, that is the protection that you have if the Rockies decide that. Oh, you know, we told you we're going to do something, but we're not. So yeah, I mean, after next year, you can get out, and that's the end of the story. And it also gives the Rockies the opportunity at that point if they know that you're going to get out to trade you. So while I do understand Arenado's point, and it is well taken, he's not really in a position one year after signing a long-term contract extension with an opt-out in 2021 to make any kind of demands at this point. And it's tough because he's the franchise player, but I saw this exact scenario go down in Miami. Uh, very similar in that respect, where there was a lot of bad blood. There was a lot of talking back and forth. Uh, you know, when you get a new trade, you just basically can stick it to the other team, like, like Stanton did and said, I'm not going to St. Louis. I'm not going to San Francisco. But inevitably, uh, you know, Stanton controlled his destiny. Uh, Arenado can control his destiny as well. But for the time being, Joe, I will bump it up, but not as significantly as you. I think in this scenario, the Rockies also have to do right by their team, too. And no matter how upset Arenado is, they got to make sure that they get fair value back for this player. This is a franchise type player now, unless they just want to get out from under the money and completely rebuild, which is certainly a possibility. I think that's probably what they should do. But if not, and they have any plans to try and compete, they can't give Arenado away. Absolutely not. They got to hold firm to what they want in this deal. And um, and that's the way that I would. Well, I mean, it. speaking of what that value is, Craig, I mean, if you are, let's say that you think you're getting Arenado, excuse me, for two years, right? Not only does he help your lineup significantly, but he also helps your pitching staff significantly. And there's not a lot of players in Major League Baseball that you could say really do both on an elite level. And he does. 
So I look at Aaron as one of those game changer guys that I would give up top prospect in my organization for. I would give up, I would back up the truck for Nolan Arenado. And people will say, well, what about his road stats? I'm like, you know what? His road stat numbers are pretty good. And they were actually very good last year. And we've seen guys like Corey Dickerson get out from cores and, and be good players. We've seen other guys leave. We see DJ LeMayhew last year having a great year with the Yankees. So I don't hear that noise like Arenado's not a great player. I think there'll be an adjustment, but I think he will be fine. But I can argue that there is maybe, I don't know, a handful of players that can upgrade you both defensively, offensively, and help your pitching staff to a significant degree that he, they are worth backing up the truck and prospects for. And I think Nolan Arenado is one of them. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, I would, but again, it, just like there's a just like there's a handful of prospects that you could get back and a handful of players that are in his category, there are only a handful of teams that can take on this contract too. So that's what makes it a little bit more difficult. You know, but you're only taking it on for two years, right? I mean, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make a difference. Kansas City cannot pay thirty million dollars no. to any player. No, but I feel like I, I feel like. <sighs> I don't care what Atlanta says. I think they can. I think the Nationals can because they look at it as a two-year commitment, and I think they could, coming off the World Series, justify defending the crown. I know you kind of talked about defending the crown the other day and then mentioned that, and I think that's um, you know a, a valid point there. But I think you can. I, I think there's a handful, and I think two of them are in the National League East, and right now the National League East is a big clump of very good teams, and I think Arenado could make one of them great and pull away, and that is a huge thing to consider. Because championships, right? Flags fly forever. Prospects, they could succeed. They could also flop out. I'll take Arenado every time, every single time. Not even close for me. Yeah, and those teams would too, Joe. But, you know, he could say no. And that's what creates this this situation. That that's doesn't matter what we think of Atlanta. If Nolan Arenado doesn't want to go to Atlanta for whatever reason, and we don't know one way or the other, but if we find out, I will, he says, I don't want to go to Atlanta, then that's out. And that just limits right. the pool. That's the but if you're, if you're Nolan Arenado, then you're a hypocrite if you say no. Because Nolan Arenado then would be going to a 100-win team. Same thing with the Nationals. You'd yeah, be going Nolan to a 98-win team. Nolan Arenado may have a family member in Los Angeles and says, I only want to play for the Dodgers. It's well within his right. He's got a no-trade clause. I mean, the, It is. It is. This is, it part, is, of the, but this then, is part of the issue. But then he becomes a hypocrite. Then you can't say I, winning is everything to me. So um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying call his bluff. <laughs> go out there and make the deal. Somebody go out there, back up the truck and see if he really means what he says or not. Yeah, I mean, look, this already happened. I mean, a great example is Stanton in St. Louis and Stanton in San Francisco. At the time, San Francisco was still fighting. They were. And he, and he said no to both teams. You know, didn't want to go yeah, play for well, either of those spots. So I mean, say everybody wants to be a Yankee. <laughs> but, but Arenado wouldn't want to play for St. Louis. I mean, that's a perfect, that's an unbelievable spot for him to be able to go and compete right away. And, I think, but you know, I who think knows? He play for he, St. Louis, and I don't know that he would. So that's 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 what creates Let's the problem. Get him on. Give him a, give him a, yeah. Go text Arenado. Get him on the show. I know you're right. friend. The opening drive is coming up next. We'll dive into other topics in sports. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game.
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. It is Baseball Hall of Fame Day right in the middle of this two-week Super Bowl purgatory. We start off with that today. I don't think there's any question. Derek Jeter will be uh, announced as being in the Hall of Fame today. It's interesting to me to see uh, that he basically, to this point, in, in the conversations I've had with him and everything that has been said, uh, he is actually waiting to see if he gets into the Hall of Fame today. Maybe this is how all baseball players are. I don't know. But I know for a fact that in particular, he will not talk about this until it's done. He, may, he is making no assumptions until it is done, even though it looks like he could potentially be a unanimous Hall of Famer. The question is, Joe, will Derek Jeter be a unanimous Hall of Famer tonight at 7 o'clock? Well, I'll tell you this. I think he should be. And I think he will be. I really do. I think you'll get back to back here, which I think is great. It is so far past time that we had unanimous Hall of Famers. I think it was laughable that you had guys like Tom Seaver, Willie Mays. I mean, like, what do you got to do? Ken Griffey Jr.? Like, who's the jer- whoever the jerk was that didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr.? I want to fight him. I want I li- uh, put me in the octagon with him. I want to fight him. And, and then when I'm done fighting him, I want to make him watch a highlight reel on YouTube of Ken Griffey Jr. Because what more do you have to do to be a Hall of Famer than what Ken Griffey Jr. did? So to me, this is a long time coming. There should have been a lot more unanimous Hall of Famers. And I am glad because what this is saying last year with Mariano Rivera being the first guy who deserved. And I think if there's one guy you can look to to break that line that you cannot argue about, it's Mariano Rivera. He's a Hall of Fame human being. He's a Hall of Fame player. He's a Hall of Fame teammate. He was a Hall of Famer, period, okay? And once that line was broken, the taboo and the mystique is now over, and now we can all move forward. And that also says a lot about the electorate, where I feel like you're getting a younger group of writers and and electorals here who are recognizing that nobody's perfect. But my goodness, if you're damn close... You should absolutely be a Hall of Famer, and there's I'm not going to hold little stupid rinky-dink things against you from different eras of whatever. Are you the best? Nobody wins more than Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter was a hit machine. Derek Jeter was an all-star, a silver slugger. He's got every award, every accolade, and, um, I mean, pretty much everything you want out of a teammate and out of a ball player. And a guy who, let's be honest, for his entire career basically played above his means. Derek Jeter was a talented player. He did not have the same talents as a lot of players like Ken Griffey Jr. or a lot of others in that era. But my God, did Derek Jeter make the most of it? I think he will be. I think he should be. Do you think we're going to go back-to-back years here with these Yankees being unanimous Hall of Famers? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, there's just no reason not to unless someone gets stupid, puts it a blank ballot and says, look at me. Happens every year like that. But there's no reason. It's happening less, though. It's happening less. It it has been because most of the respected people who vote are making their uh, ballots public and going on TV with it. And they, I, I think that it's just embarrassing when you act so stupid. So uh, listen, if you, if you only put him on the ballot, uh, it's still stupid, but you know, look, I mean, you could make the argument. You cannot make the argument to put a zero ballot for the hall of fame. I mean, you can make just... an argument against every single other guy on this particular ballot. Of in course. my opinion, of course, you. Could. this is one of those ballots where you look at it and every single guy, there's a good, strong argument against. Now I don't yeah, agree with them, of course. but of course. I would say when you look at Derek Jeter here, I can't think of the argument against him. Oh, and none. I think there's every none. ballot should be public. Every single one mandatory public. Cause what do you got to hide? You know, yeah, yeah they, I think that eventually will happen. 
All right, uh, second down here. Tim Tebow gets married finally. The wait is over. He goes to South Africa, Joe, to uh, get it done. And finally, we can say that Tim Tebow, uh, after all of that he's accomplished, both on the field and off the field as a humanitarian and everything else, uh, is now officially married, Joseph. And I wanted to congratulate Tim Tebow today. All right. that's. I, I feel like you're baiting me into saying something here. Cause you want me? You want me to say it? Oh well, you know I'm just I'm just, I'm just calling it. I'm calling it how it is. Do you believe that he wasn't before his marriage? Ah, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, all the heroes are all dying nowadays. Oh, come on, Florida. There's a lot of a uh, lot of opportunities there. I don't know. I don't know the the most religious guy out there. I'm a oh my god, no. not oh you know why? Because I mean, it's not like any of these these people who are super religious ever turn out to have That's true. really. <laughs> I That's mean, true. let's let's not Google that because that is going to be a very That's true. I am going to think positively of of Tebow in this spot. And uh, anyway, the, the whole okay. Let's say, let's say you think positively now that it's happened to him, right? Uh, you, you'll be hilarious if Tim Tebow's like, man, I. I Sports are stupid. Exactly. <laughs> he's done. Either that or he'll become an all-star in baseball. You never know. I feel like now he's kind of like, whatever. I mean, I, I could play. I could not. I could give or take it now. Really, sports are not that important. <laughs> yep. All right. Third down here. Darrell Revis, a couple of days ago after the game ended, uh, called out Richard Sherman on Twitter, basically saying that he's got to be able to cover the elite wide receiver on wherever he is on the field. Um uh, look, I mean, for me, I got to tell you, I, I just, I mean, why even do this? Honestly, right? Is there any point? Why? 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 Is, I mean, Revis was fantastic. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. But Richard Sherman will, too. You know, why Why, why go through this? Exercise? Well, because I, I mean, I like both of those guys for, for different reasons. I've always been a Richard Sherman fan. But let's, I, if I had to say this to you, I, I know my opinion. I believe you could say Darrell Revis is the better player at his position, at that position. But you could say Sherman's had the better overall career, which I think is fair. Revis had a devastating knee injury and was never quite the same afterwards. Um, he, he was kind of a, a half version of himself for those Patriot years, which was which was a good run there. Got a Super Bowl out of it, but he was limited. And some of the better wide receivers did beat him at that time. But I think that that's my assessment of these two. Wouldn't you say Sherman, better career, Revis, better player, both Hall of Famers, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. That's it. And, yeah, and by the way, Darrell Revis, accept and accept are two different words. Just want to say, yeah. if you're going to troll somebody, spell check first or, or at least, you know, double check the Google. It's right there. It's right there. Just double check it, bro. All right. Uh, fourth down here. There's a there's a video and, and picture going around of a potential baby Jabba the Hutt. Now, I think that this is made up <sighs> because of the the wildness that has become baby Yoda, which is the child in the Mandalorian. But either way, pretty funny that they throw a baby job of the hut out there. Is that a possibility? I don't. I don't see how it could be. Uh, but given the fact that they they threw back a young-looking Yoda, why not throw back a young-looking Jabba? I. I mean, it's gonna be baby everything now. I mean, that's what it is. You just take it and you just make the baby version. You know, you really can blame Jim Henson for this. I mean, it was, Muppet Babies is really the start of this all. And it's been a steady decline ever since, you know, it could be baby emperor, baby this, baby, you know, baby everything. And here, here's a, I have a question. I haven't seen the Mandalorian yet. So set this up for me. So that is actually baby Yoda or it is a Yoda or whatever it is. Like that is the old Yoda, but he's the baby version. Correct. 
No, it has nothing to do with Yoda. I don't think. So he's just like this little creature from that. We really same don't. Planet. We, it hasn't been determined. That's the whole cusp of of the show. Because in all of the other, in all the Star Wars movies, we've seen other Wookies, we've seen other species of other things, and they all hang out. But is there another guy that looks like Yoda? Except no, it's just this like the one in the Mandalorian. Yoda. But that's the whole like, key to the show is not knowing. I see. So he's like the the continuation of the race or something potentially. I, li- I like this is going. Yeah, and as someone as a Star Wars fan, I mean, you did say that at the end of December and January you would get that. I did. I, I told you this is. I just finished all the award season stuff. I voted. It's over. Now I can turn my attention. Now we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to uh, Disney Plus. So I was right, I was waiting good. as long as I could because I know the Marvel series are coming out. And I want to make sure that I have it when that happens, because I don't know. How, like, it's supposed to be out this year, I believe, because I want to see that whole thing. So that's important to me. All right. We'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. We will discuss uh, my fake Hall of Fame ballot coming up next. FST continues after this. dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry-leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500. When you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid, Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports. You're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open up your new wagering account. Claim your free wager of up to $500. Got to be 21 years or older, living in New Jersey. Eligibility restrictions apply. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the show. Fantasy Sports Today. Later tonight over on MLB Network Television, they will reveal the new inductees to the 2020 National Baseball Hall of Fame class to join uh, Marvin Miller, to join Ted Simmons. And in all likelihood, at the very least, we're going to have one new inductee into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. It looks like the second one, if there is one, is going to be an all-timer in terms of close votes. Like this this could be a, if I'm not mistaken, Craig Biggio on the first ballot missed by like two votes, something like that. I think that this is going to be super close for Larry Walker, but I'll go ahead and I'll give you my um, my ballot if I had one and go through the explanation. Uh, Derek Jeter, of course, is 100%. Larry Walker, for me, is another one, no doubt. I'll explain the steroid-era guys to you, but first let me illustrate that I will pick Barry Bonds. I will pick Roger Clemens, so that's four. I have Kurt Schilling at five. I have Gary Sheffield at six. 
I have Scott Rowland at seven. I have uh, Jeff Kent really as my eighth, and then Omar Vizquel as my ninth. And I could go either way with Omar Vizquel. I'm kind of like on the fence. But the one thing that I will say about this, which I found really interesting yesterday and really honestly makes no sense, is that I believe if you put a player on your ballot and you're a writer, unless something drastically happens, and I don't know that there is honestly anything that would drastically happen, maybe maybe something cheating or something we didn't know about before. I don't know what it is, but beyond that, I don't know how you can drop somebody off the ballot. And yesterday on MLB network, Peter Gammons came on who is, you know, hall of famer and arguably one of the best baseball writers of all time and gave his ballot, which did not include Larry Walker. But the problem is Larry Walker was on his hall of fame ballot the year before. So a very bizarre. But no, that, that you can. I've heard of that because like sometimes guys get squeezed because they have 10 other guys. They, they want did to not vote have for. 10. He did not have 10. Well, maybe he just changes my maybe the thought process changed for him. So then you're doing a really bad job in your thought process, putting him on in the first place and then taking him off the next. Now, if you if there's 10 guys, that's one thing, but he did not. So I, that does not add up to me. I kind of agree with you. But in all fairness to Peter Gammons is is a, is a is an older man at this point, too. And, you know, he's had a lot of health issues and stuff. So if, if maybe you so, know, maybe maybe that's what it is. But either way, yeah. very, very, uh, very bizarre. I think if you put a guy on beyond getting squeezed because there's so many guys on the ballot, which to me is not even really an excuse. But if indeed that happens, that's the only excuse in this case. I don't think that you can do it. Uh, so um, so the reasons why I, I'm not, you know, to get into this whole argument of war and sabermetrics and everything that they accomplished, uh, really the only debate uh, at the top is Larry Walker, who I think was a phenomenal defender, a great outfielder. Yes, he played some at cores for sure. And yes, some of his stats did entail that. But his comps and his numbers are up there with virtually every Hall of Famer that is out there um, ahead of guys like Kirby Puckett, although he had a longer career than Kirby Puckett. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer for me. Um, in terms of the steroids, the way that I kind of look at it is a couple of things. Uh, number one, I, I personally think that if a player was a Hall of Famer, regardless if he did steroids or not into that era, I, del- I still think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So therefore, Bonds and Clemens both make the Hall of Fame for me. Uh, Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before the steroid stuff. Roger Clemens was a Hall of Famer before the steroid stuff. And I do think Gary Sheffield was a Hall of Famer before the steroid stuff, too. And even though he was mentioned in the Mitchell report, he was not uh, suspended or caught by Major League Baseball in that form. So that brings me to my second point, is that if you were egregious enough to get caught after they put the rules in place and get suspended for this, not once, but twice, I just am not going to put you in the Hall of Fame. I'm just not going to do it. Like, mm-hmm. you deliberately went against a rule in Major League Baseball and got caught. Now, Bonds did not get caught. We all surmised that he did. We all surmised Clebens did. And we all surmised Gary Sheffield did. But I do give credit to those people who found a way to beat the system, as crazy and as ugly as it sounds. <laughs> so and, you're and, the and cheaters of the – so the cheatiest of the cheats you're okay with. That's but then the, the lazy cheaters you're not okay with. That's fine. So if you're going to cheat, I mean, Craig Miss just wants you to commit to it. That's if all. You're, if you're going to cheat, don't get caught. Don't be stupid so, about so it. Don't, this is don't fair. Take- so you want their Hall of Famers to be Hall of Fame cheaters, not just like – Half, you want them to be not just Hall of Fame players, but Hall of Fame cheaters as well. I think that's I think that's I need, cool. I, I, like I think this. I think in a, in a world where we're innocent until proven guilty and everyone deserves their day in court. Uh, and there have been people that have gotten off where we think they're guilty, but they've had great defense. Uh, those people are paid very well to be defense attorneys. And there's a job for that. It may not be the most ethical job in the world, but they are phenomenal at their job and they're paid very well. And in this particular case, 
uh, as even the, even the uh, Manny Ramirez was one of the best hitters ever in our era, but the dude got caught doing like horse steroids twice and suspended twice after they said basically, okay, guys, this is similar to this, the Astros thing. <laughs> You're right. You're right. They, they said, okay, guys, look, if you did steroids in the past, cool, no problem. It'll all be hearsay. <laughs> Everybody's hey, just talking. Hey, don't worry about but it. Now, cool. when did the commissioner become Miles caught, Davis? <laughs> but now, hey, if baby, you, don't worry about it. If you get caught, we're gonna. I think the first suspension was like a two week ridiculous suspension. Like it, it was, was something nothing. stupid like that. You're right, right. right. <laughs> and, and so, and so, Manny got popped for that, and then he got popped for a second time and basically quit. At that point, the second time he got, I remember, on, yeah. First, yeah, with Tampa, he was just right. done because he was so, also 40 something years old at the time. And that was the only way he was getting on the field. That's right. And so I think that that cost him. Um, I think that that cost. him. I, my, I think my, you are fair. I think your assessment, Craig Mish, is very fair. I have a question about it, though. What sure. just one. So Alex Rodriguez, not a Hall of Famer, right? No. OK, so no. as long as you're consistent, then because no. that's no, no, that's, no. that's not one that, because he's coming up. That. If yeah. you watch Screwball, there's no way you would put Alex Rodriguez. Oh, I watch Screwball. Oh, okay. Screwball so, yeah, there's just no way. There's just everything that he did. But you want to talk about Hall of Fame cheating. Okay, I take the red pill at four. I take the 430. Of course, I take the blue pill. And then I take the yellow pill at 478. Listen, A Rod got caught. He, should, he, not went, a time, to, he went to great lengths to screw Major League Baseball. <laughs> and, uh, and no, and in terms of Sammy Sosa for me, uh, Mark McGuire is an interesting case because had McGuire not broken down, I think he would have ended up being a better player than Sammy Sosa. Inevitably, all of Sammy Sosa's numbers were inflated by steroids. And I'm just in my opinion. And that's what's great about this is it, it is opinion. Sure. <clears throat> it's, de- it's debatable. There is no black and white in the situation. Uh, but I am going to not put uh, Sammy Sosa in the Hall of Fame for me. I will not put any closer in the Hall of Fame that doesn't have those elite stats elite saves and and you know what for me when they started i'm very first of all i would have put lee smith in the hall of fame i agree only only because you're putting trevor hoffman in the hall of fame and you're and you're putting all these other guys in the hall well here's a here's a question i'm gonna ask and and this should be another segment tomorrow maybe maybe we could get away with players we'd like to take out of the hall of fame I yeah, no, would... I'm okay. I'm okay with Goose, and I'm okay with Suter, and I'm okay and, with Goose and, and Mariano, Suter, and I'm okay and with, and I'm actually okay with Lee Smith. And here's the here's the but you here's the quandary to. I'll I point mean, to you. I, I mean, the Trevor Hoffman to you me. You watched both. You watched Lee Smith. I watch, look. Trevor Hoffman to me never saved a big game in his life. Never. I would have never put him in the Hall of Fame. Never. never. I agree a hundred percent. He is the worst kind of compiler. And when you look at the number of innings he influenced, like a thousand innings in his career or something goofy like that, like what? That's like a season for some guys. It's not. It's ridiculous. Mariano Rivera is the exception to the exception to the rule. Because what he did was something that was otherworldly and changed forever. Just like Eckersley changed the position forever, right? Eckersley was the first guy. Mariano then took it to the other level. And Gossage and those other relievers, Suter, those guys who went two innings, they were incredible what they did. If I asked you, you have three outs to get, would you rather have Lee Smith or rather have Trevor Hoffman? Who are you taking? I mean, it may, it may be Hoffman, but I don't oh, know. Oh, it's Lee Smith for me. And it's yeah, not even I, close. But, but the point was, is that Lee Smith for the first eight years of his career was pitching two winning saves. Like, I mean, he did a lot more over the course yeah. of his career. I mean, Hoffman was the beginning, essentially, of the And there wasn't a lot of rest days either. You and I both remember. They didn't care if you went four or five days in a row. If we were winning games, you're out there pitching. This stuff went, well, he pitched two Hoffman, days yesterday, so then next was week we're going to give him a day off. Hoffman was fantastic at getting three outs, but I don't think that... Not when they I, counted. I, I think that he... Well, he did get to one World Series, but I think that he, <laughs> he epit- epitomized the, the brand of the elite closer... Uh, for three outs. And and that to me is, uh, I mean, look, it's not his fault that that's all he could do. And that was his role. And I get that. And I don't, I don't think that you're ever going to see 
Uh, I mean, I, I suppose Kenley Jansen would have a chance to get in the Hall of Fame at some point. Like, yeah. that would be the only one. Chapman's got a better run because he also crosses two giant organizations with the Cubs World Series, which is a huge deal to a lot of people. And he plays for the Yankees. And we all know that if you continue to have this run, you're going to start being in that kind Well, you know, he is second in saves of the Yankees behind Mariano Rivera and blah, blah, blah. You know, if this if the run continues or what have you. But I'll even say this. I'll take a step further. I agree. I'm not voting for any closers. Uh, and we go to hour two in my ballot. You'll see, you know, there's none on there. But I would all also argue Billy Wagner was a more dominant closer than Trevor Hoffman was. And it's not yeah, even close. Which, when is you live, which is why Billy Wagner eventually is going to get in too, probably. And you, and you know what? If Billy Wagner gets in, that's on that's on the voters who put Trevor Hoffman in. And I still and I'm sure Trevor Hoffman's a lovely guy. I know he is. And I'm sure Trevor Hoffman was a was a great teammate and all these other things. But I'm talking about how did you impact those innings? And then did you did you impact them on such a grand scale that when the chips were really down, not when it's, you know, it's August 1st and you got a three out save against the Pirates with a clean inning. I'm talking about did you go out there in the big spots? And I'm telling you, I remember big spots with Mike Piazza. I remember big spots with some of the better hitters of that era. They used to eat that guy for lunch in every time it was a tight game that mattered down the stretch. Oh, my God. Did he struggle? He's great for the three-out save that doesn't matter. I'll tell you what, you know, look at your ballot. I support a lot of it. We have a lot of the same players, which I was honestly surprised about. Um, one of them just missed for me, and it was Omar Vizquel because I think defense matters. I mean, <laughs> look at me. I think defense matters. I still think Keith Hernandez should be in the Hall of Fame because he's the greatest defensive first baseman in any metric you could possibly put out there and with your own eyes, okay? And it was just a different era of baseball where home runs didn't matter as much. Uh, but I would also say good job by you putting Scott Rowland on. Because you want to talk about all-around great players? I think Scott Rowland's one of them. He does not get enough credit. I watched him most of his career in Philadelphia. I was in college at the time. So I got to see the beginning of Scott Rowland all the way through his prime years. And let me tell you something, man. That guy was one hell of an all-around player. All right. And we'll have Joe's opinion on his ballot coming up in just a little bit. But up next, it's time for Florida Man. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the Sunshine State with Florida Man. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe back here with you. Of course, uh, it is time for us to bust out the ideas, the stories. They never disappoint. It is time for uh, Florida Man. And I will tell you, Joe, that for the first time all year long, it seems to be a little bit cool here in South Florida. So there is certainly a chance that these iguanas are going to be falling from the trees. I'm going to be... Uh, letting you know about that soon okay i can't wait i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna 6 30 my alarm goes off i go get my phone take it off do not disturb i see a text from craig mish my good pal craig mish and uh well <laughs> look at that oh it's a picture of a frozen dead iguana that's uh there you go <laughs> good morning to me there you go 
Okay, let's get started. This is uh, the first Florida man story of the day. Uh, Florida man, he attempted a not-so-great escape last week when he tried hiding from deputies underwater in a pond in an action movie stunt that was easily foiled, of course, when he came up for air. Daniel, 36 years old, had warrants out for his arrest in Baker County for selling meth. When the deputy tried to arrest him at the solar power plant, he ran away, dove into a pond, and uh, they were quoted as saying, we know that now he's seen one too many action movies and thought that he could hide from the canine by jumping in the water. Bad job by him, Joe. And uh, another Florida man goes down. Yep, another shirtless Florida man, too. And nobody wears a shirt in Florida. I feel like, you know, <laughs> Walmart, just just nobody can get pants. All shirts. All shirts at the Walmarts. That's all that they can sell. Pants are all sold out. Nobody was like, eh, shirts, nah, not really important. I don't care about the shirt. Uh, but I, I like the hashtag that apparently started the trend afterward, which is hashtag not Rambo, which I thought that was very, very funny. I, I enjoyed that. I, I didn't see the new Rambo, um, but uh, I, I did like, you know, I remember in the 80s, kind of like there's some kind of kitschy, ridiculous, guilty pleasure quality about the early Rambo movies. But yeah, I mean, he did realize like he's not a fish, right? You can't breathe underwater. I mean, if you're going to do this, make sure you get some scuba gear. You commit the crime and then you hide underwater for a good long time. But um, oh, it's just sad. I guess I guess there's just not a lot of pre-planning to this stuff. That's where it comes down to. You know, it's all about preparation. And this is what happens when you don't prepare. You end up being hashtag not Rambo. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, you know, this guy thought he was Schwarzenegger and Predator. You know, just kind of diving under the water <laughs> didn't didn't work out. Would you, did you like the Predator series better or the Rambo series? Predator. I, I'll tell you what. I'll put the first Predator movie over a lot of movies. That that's a good movie. I ain't got yeah. time to bleed. That's a, yeah. that's a great stuff in there. A lot of, Carl a lot Weathers, of Jesse Ventura, there, yeah. right? A lot of that is like your quintessential '80s machismo movie. I feel like like predator that's a i was always demolition man that's like 90s though i was always a big demolition man that that might be my favorite non-rocky stallone picture okay now that i think about it all right next floor all right on to the next one a man was arrested after detectives say he attempted to hire an undercover detective to commit murder on his behalf pinellas county sheriff's office said uh, detectives met this 54 year old named gary in their meeting gary informed detectives that he was interested in having his brother killed to some family trouble According to detectives, Gary detailed financial disagreements with him and his brother, and he asked the detective if, you know, he's willing to kill him for some money. Over the course of the meetings, Gary provided suggestions on how the murder should take place, on which it would be best. Gary also provided detectives several Michigan addresses for his brother. He also offered to pay for transportation. How nice to commit the crime. Detectives say that uh, he provided undercover uh, officers some money. He also gave them a gun. And in the final meeting, he provided the initial payment. And of course, at that point, he was pinched. And uh, yeah, I mean, hiring undercover detectives to do your own dirty work, probably going to end badly. And it did indeed for this uh, Florida man. I know it's in a lot of movies and TV shows, but is it true that if you ask someone, are you a cop? And they say no, and they lie about it, that that becomes entrapment. Is that true? Because it's always, uh, you like, know, hey, you're not a pot, you're not a cop. Are you? It's a great it's a great question. I don't know the legality of it. I'll have to check somebody at fantasy networks. Give us who's our legal expert. We have everybody's got a legal expert nowadays. ESPN's got we need one That's over true. here. We should have our own legal expert because God knows we need one <laughs> just for the NFL. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need a legal expert. But that's always what I, I always felt like. Is that like a plot device or is that like a real 
piece of the law. I mean, I guess we could Google it, but that's not nearly as fun as hyperbole and 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 pretending about it. But um, yeah, I mean, like if you're going to try to hire someone to kill someone in your family, I think that the that's the first you have to have seen enough movies to say, hey, before we do this, are you a cop? And if they say yes, then you stop. And if they say no, then you can continue on. But uh, I like that he suggested ways. See, this guy was this guy had the preparation, but not the execution. No pun intended. He had the preparation of saying, hey, would you you could kill him, you know, with a dish. You could kill him with a fish. You could kill him with this. You could kill him with that. You could go, you know, all these different things. But he didn't ask the question whether or not the guy was a cop. So bad job by you, Gary. Bad job, Gary. Yeah, didn't work out quite well for Gary. Uh, all right. So speaking of Walmart, we head back to the Walmart for this story. A Florida man was uh, going all high tech in his latest crime spree. He used hover shoes to skate through Walmart before leaving with hundreds of dollars in merchandise. This happened in Winter Haven, Florida. A police department released video of the skating suspect as he whizzes up to the front of the store, goes up, goes down, picks up items. He didn't pay for them and just left. The suspect uh, stole five hundred and fifty one dollars and eight cents. They mentioned here worth of merchandise, including a TV paint trash can flowers and a new hoverboard uh, (laughs) yeah yeah and after the illegal non-shopping spree the crook uh, took off his skates and fled in a nissan maxima so um listen if you're gonna if you're gonna go out you may as well go out on a hoverboard you know way to go i was hoping for like a oj-esque kind of chase of him on the highway or even a county road and the cops behind him and him still on the hoverboard or the hover shoes or whatever it was. That'd be hilarious. You know, like it's slowly just kind of like three miles an hour. <laughs> just chasing this guy down the road. Like, I want to. I, I mean, I feel like like uh, Biff Tannen's like running after these guys. You know, <laughs> It's very it's very much that feeling. I, I think you're in that same vein. Pedaling on the water. It's not going anyway. You know what? You know, it's kind of funny, too. And you think about this also. How did he steal the TV? So he carried everything or he had like a maybe it was a small TV, Joe. We don't know the size. Of it. Or did he like grab a cart and then push the cart? So he had like a bunch of wheels. Could be. You, you can you can grab like a 30 inch TV over. Your I guess they've got handles. Yeah. OK, it's a good point. Probably you know, like that's 30, 36. 40, you know, although, 40, you know, 40. without stealing things, this is an interesting shopping solution, especially around the holidays when you think about it. Right. I mean, you're trying to get around, trying to get through people. You want to get in, you get out. This is how you do it. But make sure when you get out, you pay first. That's like I think that's, that's the much, thing yeah. you want to get in. You want to express check out. You want to do everything you can, but you got to slow down. You got to pay first and then you can hover out of the store. Have you ever been on one of these hoverboard things? They no, seem I like not. No. They seem like an America's Funniest Home Video thing waiting to happen to anyone over yeah. the age of like 16. So I'm, pass- I'm passing on that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like if there was one, I would get on it, though. Like if someone said, hey, you want to try it? I feel like I would. And then I'd be in the hospital after. Could be. Fair would cool. you get on it if I said, hey, come no, on. Can I, I, no. I don't. I, it's just not my thing. No, no. no All right. I, don't, I think I want to try it. And I think I've seen a myself. lot. I've seen a lot of people fall and stuff. I just I'm not 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 worth it. Craig Mish is out. I'm out on that one. All right. Uh, here's our final one. Florida man who claims to be a professional mixed martial arts fighter. He was arrested for DUI in Brevard County, uh, despite offering deputies free classes for a month if they just let him go. <laughs> Brevard County Sheriff's <laughs> Office said the deputies observed this guy, 34 years old, Kalen, while driving a white pickup truck uh, Monday, two days ago, yesterday. They said that he was attempted to drive back to a parking spot almost backed into a building upon making contact with him. They observed him stumbling. He smelled like alcohol. He had red bloodshot eyes. 
He uh, refused to do the sobriety test. He was placed under arrest immediately. But during the encounter, deputies said that he made several statements that he's a trained professional mixed martial arts fighter and that if they let him go, he would let them attend a month of classes for free. He, he offered it several times while being arrested and transported to jail. They also said he made several offers to cause physical harm to other suspects of law enforcement cases as deputies of payment. How about that? During his trip to jail, uh, they said that he had mood swings. He was very combative. This is shocking. Of course, the guy was drunk. So uh, according to the rest report, he faces driving under the influence and bribery of a public servant. And so, um, yeah, I mean, look, we've seen these happen before. We've seen videos of women getting arrested and you know trying to get out of it, too. But this is a new way to go about it, offering different lessons. Like, I suppose, it, you know, what could happen, Joe, hypothetically is, I mean, I would never get a DUI. I mean, I mean, never say never, but I don't drink and drive, so I would hope never. But if I was to get a ticket, maybe, Joe, I would say, hey, look, you know, some free fantasy baseball advice. If you don't give me the ticket, do you think that would go over well? I think maybe you're better off with the fantasy football advice. No, not because, like, you you know one better than the other, but because I think that might be the more general one that you might it's entice somebody true. with. It's you know, true. it's like, hey, or actually, you know what, even more. Little free wagering advice because that's really your wheelhouse of stuff. That's I try not to you know throw that out there, but it's it's so true. true also illegal I mean, in we, some places. It, like, we yeah. have a get, we have a guest coming on Thursday who who said that he would do it only for fantasy football advice, which is actually pretty funny that you would even mention that. So that's do what? Wait, wait, what is this? Wait, that's, that's, that, as as like kidding around, I asked somebody to come on our show Thursday. He is going to come on, but in, uh-huh. in return. Uh, you know, he said, you know, he'd like some fantasy football advice. I'm like, well, I will be happy to send him a copy of the fantasy football black book and, and I will be happy to chat with him. Anything that he, I'm sure or she could be, she, it's a, he. he. all right. I don't know. I don't know who your friends are, but I'll say this about this guy too. I think it's hilarious because all these kind of people who teach, you know, some sort of martial arts or, or whatever it is, they've always got like a, you know, they've always got coupons for a free trial or things like that on them. Like historically, having known a lot of these people <laughs> in my industry over the years, they're always like, hey, come, come train with me. Come, I got a class. I got, you know, come, come for a free half hour and I'll show you, you know, like they, there's a ton of that. It's very Rex Kwando. And, and in the combat world, I was like the only guy without a ponytail. Like there's a lot of guys, a lot of swordsmen who have the long hair, you know, the long girly hair with the in, into the tight ponytail and stuff like that. And of course, me not being able to grow that hair, obviously uh, at a deficit, but um, there's, there's a couple of real um, stereotypes. If you want to say yeah. in the industry of whether it be MMA or the combat sports and, or the stunt world. And this guy definitely hits the Rex Kwando one, which is why that's so funny. I mean, and that and the other guy who's, <laughs> I forget, forget who did the video, but the video of the guy who's like the martial arts, um, you know, teacher, and he's showing you all these ridiculous moves and stuff like that, and they're all like in one second. But the guy who he's fighting is so bad, and it's like everything is this slow motion. And then he just kind of <laughs> just like hammers the guy. That is hysterical, and that's also very true too. Yeah, everybody can be good when you're being attacked in slow motion, but um, also uh, another Florida man bites the dust. Maybe this guy should have a sword. Maybe he would have gotten out of it. We'll be back with the best of the first hour next. We dive into some more baseball talk in hour number two. Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. I think in this scenario, the Rockies also have to do right by their team, too. And no matter how upset Arenado is, they got to make sure that they get fair value back for this player. This is a franchise-type player. Now, unless they just want to get out from under the money and completely rebuild, which is certainly a possibility, I think that's probably what they should do. But if not, and they have any plans to try and compete, they can't give Arenado away. Absolutely not. They got to hold firm to what they want in this deal. And um, and that's the way that I would. Well, I mean, it. speaking of what that value is, Craig, I mean, if you are, let's say that you think you're getting Arenado, excuse me, for two years, right? Not only does he help your lineup significantly, but he also helps your pitching staff significantly. And there's not a lot of players in Major League Baseball that you could say really do both on an elite level. And he does. So I look at Arenado as one of those game changer guys that I would give up top prospect in my organization for I would give up I would back up the truck for Nolan Arenado and people will say well what about his road stats I'm like you know what his road stat numbers are pretty good and they were actually very good last year and we've seen guys like Corey Dickerson get out from course and, and be good players we've seen other guys leave course DJ LeMahieu last year having a great year with the Yankees so I don't hear that noise like Arenado's not a great player I think there'll be an adjustment but I think he will be fine but I can argue that there is maybe I don't know a handful of players that can upgrade you both defensively offensively and help your pitching staff to a significant degree that he, they are worth backing up the truck and prospects for. And I think Nolan Arenado is one of them. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, I would, but again, it, just like there's a, just like there's a handful of prospects that you could get back and a handful of players that are in his category. There are only a handful of teams that can take on this contract too. So that's what makes it a little bit more difficult. 